How's everybody doing? God bless you. God bless you. Listen, I want you to pray for me this morning because we're going back into Jeremiah. I tried my best to run from it. In fact, I wrote several other messages and uh, I was going to try to go into those, but the Lord said, no, no, I want you here. And I'll tell you along the way uh, why I believe that God is doing this. Uh, This is going to be very prophetic this morning and I'm going to try not to make it long, but uh, pray for me if you will. Uh, This morning, we want to talk about by and by when the morning comes. By and by when the morning comes. Now, as we uh, come to Jeremiah, uh, uh, basically chapters 30 through 33, of course, as you, if you remember the series, we find a nation in crisis, and a prophetic voice raised with a sense of urgency and hope. Uh, This is what Jeremiah is doing. This is what God has Jeremiah doing for the people because God loves them so. And this voice is crying about uh, a dream, uh, for the most part, um, a dream for a better and a brighter future. And we find Jeremiah wishing and hoping that Judah gets this dream that God has given him or that God has told him. Uh, and this is now the third time that the Babylonians have surrounded the capital of Judah. And the siege has lasted more than a year. Uh, The people were starving because King Nebuchadnezzar kept any substance from entering the city. This is the king who's coming in to take over. Uh, King of Persia, uh, of Babylon. There was no relief in sight. None. There was not going to be any cavalry arriving to rescue Judah. This, this is it. This, this is, this has all been told to them. They didn't listen, and now it was about to get even darker because it was already real dark. It was going to get now darker, even faster. And in Jeremiah the thirty-first chapter in the twenty-six, Jeremiah was having a vision or dream. And there was some, uh, believe it or not, there was some pleasantry in this dream, even though a lot of it was horrible. God was telling Jeremiah how much he loved Judah and that he would eventually save some of them in the by and by. So that's far off. And at the 26th verse, it says, at this time, Jeremiah says, I awoke and looked around because my sleep had been pleasant, at least for a moment. Now, let's look at uh, Jeremiah 31. You're going to get your Bibles out right now and and, uh, you're going to go through this with me. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 8 and 9, it says, see, I will bring them from the land of the north and gather them from the ends of the earth. Among them will be the blind and the lame, 
expectant mothers, women in labor, a great throng will return. Remember, I said this is prophetic. There will come with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. Now, I'm going to try to do my best to lead you in. Those of you who've heard me preach on end time events, you will be a little bit advanced. The rest of you are going to have to go get it or you're going to have to go get the book Left Behind series and, and, or read uh, all of Matthew 24, all of uh, Daniel, all of Jeremiah, and all of Revelations, and that's going to be difficult. So I hope that you will get those messages even from the podcast, if you please. Uh, Jeremiah is talking about end-time events. Preacher, why are you talking about end-time events? I'm talking about end-time events because God has given me a passion to get whoever you are, those of you out there right now, listening to me. Those of you who are looking at me right now with, with his face like, what are you talking about? I know some of you are going to be left behind. Now, there's 16 books written on Left Behind series, which is outstanding. And you need to go read that. It's fictional, but it's based on the Bible. People hear the truth and they ignore the truth. Why? Why, preacher? Because the truth doesn't sound good to them. And they don't want to receive it and accept it because they want to do what they want to do. And they figure, D, the truth. Huh? That's basically what they're saying. But the truth still has to be told. And that's what I'm trying to do this morning, as much as it's going to take out of me. So Jeremiah is talking about end time events. God promises to restore some of Israel. Now, two-thirds will be lost. This is prophetic. But a remnant will be saved and brought back to Jerusalem. And you figure like, preacher, why are you telling us all this? Because some of you are going to be in this crowd. When the rapture comes, and in the moment of a twinkling of an eye, we just disappear. That's only for those who have already accepted Christ. And I know some of you have not. And you're going to be left behind. You can then get this podcast, get this message, get this tape, get this series, and say, oh my God, I got to get myself ready. Because you can still be saved after the rapture. That This right now is the dispensation of grace. The church is here. Once we are gone, the dispensation of grace is gone. You can still be saved, but you're going to have to go through a whole lot of mess. And listen, listen to this. Jeremiah 31, 16 through 22. This is what the Lord says. Restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord. They will return from the land of the enemy. This is what God is telling Jeremiah. So all of that preaching you did some of them are going to be blessed. There is hope for your descendants, declares the Lord. Your children will return to their own land. 18, I have surely heard Ephraim's moaning. 
You discipline me like an unruly calf, and I have been disciplined. Restore me, and I will return, because you are the Lord my God. This is Israel talking to God. After I strayed, I repented. After I came to understand, I beat my breast. I was ashamed and humiliated because I bore the disgrace of my youth. I did a whole lot of stupid things that I shouldn't have done, but, but I did them. And I, I'm Lord, I'm sorry. Is not Ephraim, my dear son, the child in whom I delight, though I often speak against him, I still remember him. Huh? Therefore, my heart yearns for him, and I have great compassion for him, declares the Lord. Set up road signs. Put up guideposts. Uh, God is still reaching out, still has that outreach for folks. Take note of the highway, the road that you take. Return. Still crying to Israel. Virgin Israel. Return to your towns. How long will you wander? unfaithful daughter Israel. The Lord will create a new thing on earth. Uh, a new heaven, a new earth. That's what this is talking about. The woman will return to the man. Uh, we will return to God. We will return to Christ. Israel will return to God. This is all prophetic. And you have to read between the lines because I don't have time to stop and explain everything if you haven't been following along in the, uh, in the series. There is going to be a whole lot of oppression, subjugation, captivity, exile, even dispersion around the world. The Jews have been spread out all over the world, but God will regather them in the by and by. Hope and joy will return. Verses 7 through 12, we're not talking about when Israel became a state. That's not what we're talking about in 1948. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about in the by and by after the rapture. Israel's going to do a horrible thing. That's going to sign a treaty with the Antichrist. And that's when the rapture, I mean, that's when the, 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 the tribulation will begin. And a whole lot of them will be lost. Two thirds, but one third will be saved. The dream Jeremiah was having is prophetic. And look at verses 27 through 29. This is the 31st chapter. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will plant the kingdoms of Israel and Judah with the offspring of people and of animals. And just as I watched over them to uproot and tear down and to overthrow and destroy and bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. 29, in those days, people will no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Because that's what's happening now and that's what's going to happen as the rapture comes. But God is going to redeem a portion of Israel. And a whole lot of other folks will be saved after the rapture, but they're going to have to go through a whole lot and they cannot get the mark of the beast. 38 through 40 says, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when this city will be rebuilt. For me, from the tower of Hananel to the corner gate, the measuring line will stretch from there straight to the hill of Gareb and then turn to Goa. 
40, the whole valley where dead bodies and ashes are thrown and all the terraces out to the Kidron Valley on to the east as far as the corner of the horse gate will be holy to the Lord. Again, this is all prophetic. The city will never again be uprooted or abolished. Once the rapture comes and once we go through the tribulation and once we go through Armageddon and all this other stuff, when God does a new heaven and a new earth, it will never again be uprooted or demolished. And I want to say this. Don't you know that Jeremiah 30, 4 through 7 is what, and I referred to this previously, the time of Jacob's trouble. These are the words, this is the tribulation. These are the words the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. And this is what the Lord says. Cries of fear are heard, terror, not peace. This is tribulation. Ask and see, can a man bear children? Then why do I see every strong man with his hands on his stomach like a woman in labor? Every face turned deathly pale. How awful that day will be. This is the tribulation. No other will be like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob but he will be saved out of it. So in other words, there is a remnant that will be saved. I don't want you to wait until after the rapture. I'm trying to get you saved now. That's why I'm preaching this message. That's why I'm reaching out to you. And though you may not understand it, though you may not grasp it, I'm telling you right now, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time where you ought to accept Christ because you don't want to be here when all this stuff goes on. Hmm? And this is right in line with Matthew 24, 21. For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning until now, unequaled and never again to be equaled. In other words, what's going to go down? It's going to be so horrible, so bad. It's going to heal, ruin, destroy a whole lot of people but it never will happen again this is the by and by God takes full responsibility for what is occurring and he says in no uncertain terms all this suffering is the consequences of Judah and of our flagrant sins it was prophetic then it's prophetic now it is going to come into play what we're doing now how we're living now look around listen look at the news people you know you know good and well there's flagrant sins and, and, and god knows you may be one of those doing it yourself do you really think god is just going to stand around and let this keep going no he's coming back the rapture is coming. He will receive us unto himself and then he will start the punishment phase. The time of Jacob's trouble. And it's going to be trouble. And you don't want to be here. And I'm begging you, I'm, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you get your life together right now. Don't think your sin is so good that you can just continue to do it because, well, when he come, he come. Whatever happens, happens. No, you don't want to be here. God knows. I'm, I'm, I, the, the, like I said, this message is not going to be hard because I'm going to be doing yelling and shouting. 
This message is not going to be hard because I'm going to be talking about you. This message is going to be hard because I know what's coming. And I'm trying to prepare you so you don't have to take part in it. Because it's not going to be pretty. Huh? And, and, and some of us today, you know, uh, we say, yeah, that was then. That was then. But this is now. Things are different now. Really? We've gotten worse than we even were in biblical days. We've gotten worse than we were in the day of Christ. And, 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 and we tend to think that since judgment hasn't fallen on us immediately after we've sinned, because some of us, we, we just doing this thing like it ain't no big deal. We just out having a good time. We just enjoying ourselves. And we just, we just feeling good. And I know sin is good. Oh my God, sin is good. Sin tastes good, look good, smell good, feel good. Sin is just good. You know, whether you're drinking it, whether you're smoking it, whether you're with somebody, it's, it, sin is good. That's the devil made sure you would enjoy it. But he didn't tell you about the bitter aftertaste of sin. See, after you dance, somebody got to play the band. Huh? And, 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 and we, we feel like, well, God must be okay with our sin. Because he hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything yet. God is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. God is not winking at our sin. Pretending like it didn't happen. Whether you've been told that or not. That's not what is happening. Don't kid yourself. Huh? God is giving all of us a chance. To get it right. To accept his grace. The life of the flesh is in the blood. That's why blood had to be shed. That blood has already been shed. You don't need to go get a bull. You don't need to go get a cow. You don't need to go get uh, 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 any, any birds. Christ already shed blood for you. You have to believe it and accept it. And then start living a life that's going to make you more Christ-like. And I know that might seem like it's boring. I don't want to do that because I still want to do this and I still want to do that. Is this and that more important than your soul salvation? Huh? A time of sorrow and destruction is coming. Along with a whole lot of death and a whole lot of dismay. You do not want to be part of that. You don't even want to see it. Don't you know when the rapture comes, those of us who are raptured, our clothes and jewelry will drop right where we were taken. In the moment of a twinkling of an eye, we gone. And if you see clothes and jewelry, that means you've been left behind. God knows you don't want to see that because then, you know, oh, my God. And then you got to go and start getting tapes and getting these messages to make sure. And then you got to go start hiding because the world is going to change. The church, as bad as it is, is the only thing that's keeping the world in the shape that it's in. Once it's gone, they're coming after you to you for you to get the mark of the beast on your hand or on your forehead. You won't even be able to buy food. This is not fairy tale. This is prophetic. This is real. Huh? Sin has consequences. And, and just because God has forgiven you, it doesn't cancel the consequences of sin. 
You know, when you fall off that bike, you might not die. But if you fall off and you don't have a helmet on, you're going to hit your head. And you're going to get some scrapes and bruises. You're going to get some strawberries or raspberries from little rocks on the ground and stuff. And they may be with you for the rest of your life. Now, you didn't die. But them bruises and, and everything, they gonna, those scratches are going to be on your arms. I've got marks on my arms right now that happened when I was 13 years old. Cuts and bruises. Still there. The bru- Not the bruises, but the cuts. The skin healed up and everything. But the scar still right there. I remember the exact date and time where it occurred and what happened. God will forgive you, but you still must deal with that broken marriage that you caused. God will forgive you, but you still might get a transmitted disease from having sex with someone who is not your spouse. Lung cancer comes from smoking. You may live, you may not live, you may live, you may not live. Let's go back and forth with it. But you didn't have to get it if you didn't smoke. It's written right on the package. The cigarette says, I'm going to kill you. It has been determined that you know for a fact I cause cancer and cancer causes death. You can smoke me if you want to. But you've been warned. It's right on the package. huh? And when you do crime, there's a prison term. When you get caught and you will get caught. So what I'm saying to you is sin has consequences that cannot be avoided. God is trying to get us to give ourselves to him, to give our lives to him, to give our souls to him. He will then clean us up and make us more Christ-like and prepare us for the rapture. We're the bride and he's the groom. And there's going to be a great big wedding in the by and by. And for those who miss that, they ain't having a party. It's going to be horrible. You're talking about seals, bowls, trumpets, and revelations. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. 21 of them all together. And it's horrible. Horrible. So the question comes to mind. Are you planting seeds of sin or are you planting seeds or fruit of godliness? And, 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 and please, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. You know who you are. You know what you're doing, not what you've done. You know what you're doing. Don't deceive yourself. The question is, how are you living? God's grace and God's love will sustain you only if you want it to. Hmm? Doesn't a father have to chastise or reprimand his children sometimes? A good father will do that. Not because he hates the kids. He doesn't, he doesn't punish them. He doesn't uh, whip them because he hates them, but because he loves them, because he doesn't want them to go into degradation. He wants his children to grow up and be strong and, and, and have, act like they got some sense and be an asset to the world as opposed to a detriment. Huh? A father's heart toward his children is tender, no matter how stern he has to be in correction. Because he loves them. 
He will do whatever he has to do to make sure that they have a future. That's what God is doing for this world. God can't leave this world like it is. The Bible says it's going to wax worse. He can't leave it like it is. He's going to take those who have accepted him and then he's going to start to deal and cleanse the rest. And then out of that, a remnant will be saved. But a whole lot will be lost. Oh my God. God said to Israel and to Judah, I loved you with an everlasting love. There will be times when the sins of the past and the consequences of the present take a seemingly intolerable toll on our lives. Hmm? We may even be tempted to think that God is unjust for all this stuff that's getting ready to go down. We may believe he's uncaring, unloving, allowing so much to happen in our lives. You ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, my God. And this is what a whole lot of folk going to say after the rapture. Well, if God really loved us, he would, uh, 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 He does really love you. That's why he's asking you to accept him so you won't have to be a part of that tribulation. Huh? Our lives may not always seem warm and fuzzy right now. But God wants us to understand that he has an everlasting a transcending love for us. That's why he sent his son. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that we might have life. Huh? To save us from our sins. The Christian life is a journey. It's a journey of learning to trust God's love, even in painful situations and even in awful circumstances. You don't give up because you're going through something. You don't turn back to the world because you're going through something. You continue on the journey with God to help. And when you can't walk, God will carry you. God knows how much you can bear. And God is saying to you, by and by, when the morning comes, you want to be in that number of the rapture, not left here on this earth. And God is saying to us right now, those of you listening to me, those of you looking at me, I know this hurts you. This is what God is saying. But I'm not about to leave you in this mess and let it destroy you. Those of you who are going to get raptured, God bless you. But a whole lot of you looking at me and a whole lot of you are listening to me. And you're going to be right here because you're hard-headed. Because you want to do what you want to do. You want to live like you want to live. And you want to sin like it's nobody's business. And God is saying, I'm not going to let you just live like that. Because I know the end. I'm going to give you 21 chances. My God. Seals bowls and trumpets and you you can read revelations or you can go back and and and, and get my end time events messages i'm giving you a chance and then if you don't you will be destroyed your sin destroyed you god didn't destroy you. your sin destroyed you and all of this stuff we're going through right now these these painful circumstances we're going through wars and rumors of wars 
earthquakes in diverse places, where places don't even have a fault line, floods, all kind of stuff, poverty, all of this is our world because of sin. I know a lot of it's painful circumstances, but we are being refined through the grace of God if we are willing to see it that way. And those of us saying, well, how are you going to see this through God's eyes, not yours? God will remove imperfections and impurities if you let him let you look through the eyes of Christ through his blood, through his broken body. And I know this all sounds strange. Oh, God, don't think I don't know that. Who wants to go through all this gobbledygook and painful growth? Well, that's just the way it is. That's the way of life. When you come out your mother's womb, you don't come out running. You don't even come out walking. You don't even come out crawling. You don't even move. You just cry. And then it gets worse. Yeah. And, 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 and we would much rather continue, whole lot of us, we would much rather continue in sin and selfishness and all the stuff we're doing. We figure like, well, just, just leave me alone. God loves you too much to just leave you alone. You cannot escape the consequences of sin. Sin brings death. And the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from sin so you don't have to face an everlasting death. God allows all of this because of his everlasting love for us. Now, look at Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, and I'm going to go through this quickly. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. And he keeps referring to the people of Israel because those are the ones he called first. The rest of us kind of fall in line behind them. But a whole lot of them will be lost because they, just like in the past, are not and will not listen. It says, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them from the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Oh God, just pleads with us, pleads for us. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. God is pleading with us. He has pleaded with Judah. He has pleaded with Israel. He's pleading with the existing Jews. And all of this is prophetic. And God has given us so many chances. God has promised to do something new in our lives if we want it. But for those of you who are going to fight me, who are going to fight Jeremiah, who are going to fight the truth, God is saying, have it your way. But I plead with you by the mercies of God. Huh? God wants to make a new covenant with us. He's going to give us a new motivation for living. 
but don't just sell out to the world and sell out to sin because it feels good for the moment because there is a bitter aftertaste to sin. Huh? Ask the husband who played around on his wife. Ask the wife who played around on the husband. Huh? God himself will step in and become our strength and give us a will to live and, and, and a reason for living. He will supply us with the power to live if we want it. By and by, when the morning comes. Oh, we can talk all we want. But I'm going to tell you this. It's our actions that will show who we really are. We cannot and we must not get bogged down with church politics. You know, pastors can't ask the congregation to do what they are not even willing to do. And that is live for God. This is the reason a whole lot of preachers won't preach this stuff. It's just too hard. It's too technical. It's too prophetic. Huh? They'd rather preach a mind and, and, and yell because that makes people feel good. You know? And, and just sin confess, sin confess, sin confess. God is tired of that. And it's exhausting. And here's the thing you know when you're in the presence of real believers. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit will take over that service. That's right. He'll just take it over. You'd be praying with someone and just praying and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will move in and, and take those prayer and utter, give you utterance as to what you ought to be praying. Huh? Holy Spirit just take over. And you also know when you're in the presence of a whole lot of hell raisers because they, you can't get nothing done. You think, oh my God, the spirit ain't right in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. Huh? It doesn't matter whether they're family, friends, church folk, whatever. You know when you in the midst of folk who ain't trying to hear it, who who gonna raise hell no matter what, no matter how good things are. Huh? God told Jeremiah in the 34th verse, in the midst of all of this hopelessness. Go back and look at that. I don't have time to go back and read it to you. I'm going to bring you hope. There has always been a healing relationship with God when we wanted it. Whether it was Judah, whether it was Israel, whether it's us right now. But you got to get it while it's here. In the by and by, God is going to bring about a new relationship with Christ for the Jews and for us. But you would do good to get it right now because if you wait for the tribulation, God help you. And listen, listen, this is prophetic. In the by and by, King David will rule Israel once again. And, and, and we will experience the golden age once again. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you haven't been listening to the messages. And I want to say this to any man who has, who has uh, reached the end of himself and to any woman 
who's ready to say, you know, Lord, please save me. I'm at the end of my rope. This is what God has to say to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God wants to pour himself into you so that you have a fully rich supply. He wants to fill you up in your spiritual bankruptcy and start a new covenant in the by and by. He, he's trying to get you ready. And that's why the songwriter was able to pick up his pen and write it. I'm, I'm coming to a close. We'll understand it better by and by. The songwriter said we're often tossed and driven on a restless Sea of time. In fact, let's come on and, and organist, come on, come on, come on, and 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 bring bring the organ in. Come on, come on, bring it in, bring it in. Somber skies and howling tempests off succeed a bright sunshine. Oh, but in that land of perfect day, when the mist have rolled away, we'll understand it better. By and by. By and by, when the morning comes, all the saints of God are gathered home. We'll tell the story how we've overcome, for we'll understand it better. By and by. See, we're, we're often destitute of the things that life demands. Want of food and want of shelter, thirsty hills and barren lands. Oh, but we're trusting in the Lord. And according to his word, you may not understand it right now, but we'll understand it better by and by. I hope I'm getting through to somebody. Oh, I know trials are dark on every hand. And, and I know we cannot understand. All the ways that God would lead us to that blessed promised land. But listen, listen, listen. He guides us with his eye and we'll follow till we die. For we'll understand it better by and by. Listen, listen. Temptations, hidden snares. This is what we're dealing with right now. They often take us unawares. And our hearts are made to bleed for many thoughtless words and deeds. And then we wonder, Lord, why the test? When we're trying to do our best, and this is what the Lord says, we'll understand it better by and by. And then the same writer came along and said this, Father alone, tempted and tried, we're off, made to wonder. And, and you notice how the temptations keep getting in all this? Because that's what we go through daily. Tempted and tried, we're off, made to wonder. Why it should be thus all the day long. Why, Lord, why are we going through all this mess? While there are others living about us, never molested. Though in the wrong. Huh? Can I say that one more time? Tempted and tried, we're off, made to wonder. Lord, why should it be thus all the day long? While there are others living about us, never molested, 
though in the wrong. Then when death has come and taken our loved ones, it leaves our home so lonely and drear. Then do we wonder why others prosper and they're living so wicked year after year. This is what the songwriter says. Father alone. <laughs> my, my, my. Father alone will know all about it. Father alone. You can't get it right now. We'll understand why. He says, cheer up, my brother. Cheer up, my sister. And live in the sunshine of God because we'll understand it all. By and by. Oh, my God. The doors of the church are open. I know the message was so, uh, above some of your heads. And that's why I'm asking you to go back and get these end time events messages. I'm trying to save somebody's soul. I don't want you here doing the tribulation. My God, I don't want you here doing the tribulation. I'm reaching out right now to somebody. Come on, come on, come on. The doors of the church are open. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? The organist is playing and I'm praying. Will you come? Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, let this message resonate in somebody's heart, somebody's mind, somebody's soul. Let them have a mind for Christ right now and walk away from this world and walk away from their flesh and walk away from sin and say, Lord, I believe, help thou my name. Touch somebody's heart right now, Lord. Save somebody's soul. Whatever you have to allow in their life, circumstances, situation, Lord, we're asking that you just touch them right now so that they are not a part of this tribulation that's coming on later. Let the message speak to them and save their soul. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is our prayer. Thank you now for the answer and the blessing. This is Faith Worth Finding Ministry Weekly Encouragements by Nam Ware. Why don't you tell a friend? Why don't you share this message? And why don't you listen to it over and over and over again? And why don't you go back and get the other end time events messages? Because you don't want to be here when the tribulation comes. The Left Behind series wouldn't hurt from La Haye. Oh, I'm praying that somebody gets this today. God bless you.